Your future needs you, your past doesn't. Hey, 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 welcome or welcome back to Refreshingly Idiotic, your favorite weekly podcast. I'm your girl, Hannah, as your host. Today's episode was something along the lines of gratitude, self-love from the inside out. But honestly, I had a really bad hair job recently, and it's really been throwing me off my game, which is why my posting schedule has been, like, very late lately. But I promise now that school is about to start, I'm going to just quickly adjust back to being a regular teenager and then focus on the podcast so that I can really get it back to where I want it to be. Yeah, as as soon as I get my hair done, I'll probably be better, but that's probably going to take a while because I still have to save up. But yeah, anyways, I decided to change today's topic to sleep because honestly, I've been doing a really good job of fixing my sleep schedule now that school is about to start. I've been working all summer long. I'm not quite sure, but anyways, either way, like it's going a lot better and it's it's really starting to affect my health in a positive way, which I've really been loving. So I thought I'd just dive a little bit deeper, do a little bit of research myself and figure out why and how it affects our mental health. Anyways, let's just start with the question of the episode before we get into sleep and all. The question is, what is something that you believe in that others usually don't? For me, I think nowadays people are starting to relate with me and they understand where I'm coming from and agree with me. But back when I was 12, I joined this youth group that I'm literally always talking about. But that group, I had like just joined it. It was like my third or fourth session and like not a lot. We only met like once a week. So I was like, very, very new to it. And the youth advisor decided to play a game where like we would be walking across the gymnasium. Go left if your answer is no. Stay in the middle if you don't know. And then go right if your answer is yes. And distinctly, I remember this question because I was the only one who said yes to this question. The question was, should you be allowed to vote once you're 16? And everybody else was either I don't know or no. And I think it's because there's a lot of stigma around like high schoolers and younger younger teenagers where it's like your brain isn't fully developed so you don't know what you'd be doing but i am the only one who said yes and i still continue to believe that it's still yes honestly if it was up to me i'd probably say even 12 is good but i think 16 has a lot of background behind it where you can actually like push it out So when I'm 16, I'm learning how to drive, I've gotten a job, like I actually got a job at 15, but usually you're supposed to get it at 16, if you do get it. So yeah, I've gotten a job, I've learned how to drive, I can sign my own passport, and add that on the job note, circling back to that, like, I'm so passionate about this, and I'm not really passionate about politics, but I am passionate about the fact that I want to be able to vote and decide my future. So I applied for Elections Canada's poll working job where it's just going to be like a pop-up four days and I actually got it. And the fact that I can literally get a government job at 16, I'm not even 17 yet. I'm like not even close to 18 where I'd be actually allowed to vote. But like the fact that I'm 16 and I can get the job and like I can, I can literally do everything that an adult can do. But apparently my brain isn't fully developed enough to be able to vote and decide who's going to lead my country next. I feel like there's some sort of a gap in the the thinking over there. I'm not too sure why. But I, I know that when I was younger, when I was 12, I was the only one that believed that I should be able to vote. And I still stand by it. Like, like I just mentioned, I got that job. And 
and I'm doing my training in like a couple days and then I'm actually going to be doing like a full four days and like long hours hopefully so I can like save up but like actually learn how the voting process goes ever since I can remember I've always went to my went with my mom to the polling stations and I've always kind of like done my outside research I've never been too into it but like the outside research to see like oh my god this person stands for this and this person stands for this so I want to vote for this person and I would usually tell her and I never knew if she was actually voting for the person that I told her to because it obviously is her decision but like I always had an opinion and so through the ymca we used to do these vote pop-ups i think i've done about five of them at this point and like i'm always one of the top advocators i'm like this is why you should vote and you should be able to advocate that younger people should be able to vote as well because i'm 16 i'm the future like yes you can also vote when you're like 80 90 but me i'm about to like i'm gonna be the new person like in like 10 years if i was actually interested i could probably try for prime minister and i know that's been like a joke between me and a couple of my friends where i'm like i'll be prime minister one day and you guys will be like yeah and it used to be like just a joke and honestly it still is a joke like i would never want that position but the fact that like in 10 years i can have that position or even like a little bit longer than that i'm not too sure about like what qualifications i need because as i said i'm not too interested in it but like the fact that like i don't know it's just like the fact that i can literally do everything that an adult can do at this point i just have to live with my parents like i can't live on my own yet but like even that technically after you're 16 and if you can support yourself you can get emancipated so you'd be able to live on your own and like live off your own wages and like like i don't know the whole thing is just like why do people think that you have to be 18 to vote when you can literally do everything at 16 okay i've had i've had like a five minute ramble about this so i should probably just move on so let's just roll the intro music not gonna lie i'm recording this episode in two different places so again like usual with the volume changes i'm really sorry about that but i've done a little bit more research than i initially had done so i'm super excited about this episode because sleep is honestly so interesting so sleep as we know is your body's time to rest and recharge from like the day's event whether they be good or bad i find that the amount of sleep that you get also influences how you are the next day so like as we're told sleep is very very important i decided why not like let's just dive into the sleep cycle today because honestly that is so interesting and i'm so down to learn about it so there's four different stages of sleep that we'll go through today i'll be linking down the site below where i got it from but for now let's just get talking so there's four stages n1 n2 n3 and rem sleep let's start with stage one so n1 it's very very short usually lasts from about five to ten minutes and it's really basically when you're falling asleep so your body is slowly starting to get more relaxed and you're getting into that very drowsy sleepy state your body might still be a little bit tense but it's more relaxed my question that i never actually ended up googling which i probably should have was people like me i take like hours to fall asleep and so does that mean i'm in the n1 stage or does that mean I'm in some other, like, insomniatic 
stage i don't even know if that was a word and i don't know if that makes sense and i don't think i have insomnia honestly but you know what it does like i have a lot of trouble falling asleep so just putting it out there so moving on n2 is when your body temperature drops so as we know people say you get better sleep when you're in cooler temperatures not necessarily cold but just cooler so your body can go into a more relaxed state your brain activity is slowing and it's like forming a new pattern one that actually helps you sleep so for example in like the first stage you might be awake because your phone is buzzing on its side table or something like which if you are a smart sleeper you're putting your phone on do not disturb which is something i do like 99% of the chance but then there's that one percent where i'm like i don't even want to go to sleep right now so i'm just gonna keep my phone on anyways when you're in your n2 phase things like that won't wake you up or if somebody's walking up or down the stairs or if there's like a car coming past your window those things will fully wake you up when you're in your n1 stage but they won't wake you up when you're in the n2 stage then there's n3 the deep sleep stage so this is the one where you typically think like oh it's really hard to wake someone up from this stage and that is true this is where your body does most of its healing and you're improving your thinking and your memory and you're just doing like a really good job rehealing yourself so that's why it's important to get yourself into that deep sleep stage because over here just like bringing it back to skincare skincare like they say your night creams are typically more heavy and more hydrating because your body is losing a lot of water when you sleep and then a lot of the time because like it's not just because if you're putting on a night cream your skin is getting more rehydrated it's because like there's different things inside of a night cream to help heal your skin that typically it's harder to do during the day because you're up and you're about and you're touching your face and you're moving around and who knows how long the moisturizer is actually going to last on your face but at night you're not touching it you're not moving like maybe maybe you roll around i know i roll around but i try to stay in place as best as i can especially since i started using a moisturizer at night because i don't want to rub it off on my pillow right away and that's why you notice like when you try a new moisturizer and you notice a dramatic difference in like how bright your skin is or how hydrated your skin is or how soft it is your night cream is using that healing time in in your n3 stage to really heal your skin as well as like the rest of your body would like a moisturizer in general or like if you've taken a shower and your body's just rehydrated and this stage typically lasts from about 20 to 40 minutes in general it doesn't really last longer or shorter it's just really the deep sleep stage the last stage is sometimes known as n4 but when i read about it it's mostly rem sleep which stands for rapid eye movement so the n1 n2 n3 that would be the non-rapid eye movement stages i just didn't mention that before because i thought i'd integrate it now rapid eye movement so this is the stage where you're like fully asleep but your brain is like back like it's totally up it's fully awake and this is where it kind of gets creepy and i'm kind of curious to see it but i also don't want to see it because it is very creepy but if you're in this stage and somebody opens your eyes they would see your eye like darting around all over the place because it's still looking at everything but your eyes are closed because you're asleep i think that's like so so cool but also also like so freaky what if somebody just like opened my eyes or like i opened somebody's eyes but i'm like still asleep and my eyes are just moving around all over the place i don't know i yeah anyways this is also the stage where most of your dreaming happens for this for this stage 
the longest you can be in the stage is about 90 minutes and what's cool about this stage is that it extends over time as many times as your sleep cycle goes on so it's not like you have one sleep cycle per night you have like multiple because you just keep going through the cycle so that's where a lot of the science comes behind what time you should be waking up and i am experimenting with this still because it's so interesting to find out like when you'll be in a better mood to wake up so if you're in your n1 stage it's gonna be very easy to wake up you'll probably wake up by the birds chirping outside which is so nice if you're in if you're in your end stage two it might be a little bit harder but if someone's loud enough you'll probably wake up in your n3 stage or your rem stage it's probably going to be really really hard and that's also because it's so hard it's gonna make you grumpy when you wake up so back to the rem stage this stage the longer you've been asleep the longer it's going to be so the f the first cycle you go through maybe it's only five or ten minutes the second time maybe it's 30 minutes and then like the third or fourth time maybe it's 90 minutes or even a little bit shorter than that this is mainly about like 25 percent of our sleep which is interesting because this is the second longest stage although it does extend but within the sleep cycle it ends up becoming the second longest stage and the fact that it's only 25% of our sleep. Just like the highlight here. So you know when people are like, oh, I don't dream. Like, I don't have dreams at night. Basically, what's happening is it's not that they're not dreaming, but they're the only REM stage that they're able to get to is the one where it's only 10 minutes long. So because in the very beginning part of the stage, you do tend to forget the dreams that you have or they're just not reaching that stage and they're not actually reaching the stage where they're healing their bodies or properly going to sleep all right so now that i've bored you with like the details and like the technicals about your sleep let's circle back to like mental health because obviously that's what the episode is about first of all there's like what if you don't get enough sleep so there's sleep deprivation and it's caused probably by stress, anxiety, ADHD, and depression. Knowing what you know about the sleep cycle now, if you're sleep deprived, it's harder to get your body to relax and fall into that brain pattern your brain needs to form. On the other hand, maybe you're sleeping quickly but you wake up really, like, really often. And even if it's easy to fall back asleep, it's not like you're picking up from your cycle like where you are you're starting it all over again and it's literally impossible to reach the third or fourth stage of your sleep this probably means that you're more irritable can't be as open-minded as you might actually like really be which in the long run leads to a lot of strained relationships and therefore like mental illnesses like depression or because of your lack of sleep maybe you're becoming more paranoid and agitated or like sometimes maybe you dream something and then it feels like it's happening which is deja vu and you get super paranoid and that's something that can lead adhd or anxiety like really big fears unable to stop moving or unable to like stop fidgeting so now that we've linked it i wanted to spend a little bit of time on insomnia because i think that one was something that i really wanted to touch in the first season but it's not a mental illness it's just caused by mental illness so i didn't feel like it really felt right in that season but i do want to touch on it now because i think insomnia is something that i think everybody should know about because a lot of people say they have insomnia or they joke about it i know sometimes on the rare occasion i might but i try not to because i know it's a little bit more serious than what we end up joking and making it sound like so like any other mental illness although this isn't a mental illness there's multiple types three to be exact 
So the first one is Transcend Insomnia, where it's like less than a week, and it's usually caused by like other temporary mental illnesses. It's nothing like too serious, it's just a little bit, it's just like a action and reaction kind of a sort of thing, where it's not like actually like you have insomnia, but it's almost like a type of insomnia that you're getting as a side effect of a mental illness. Type number two is acute insomnia, so more or less this is like triggered by stress and it's kind of short term, so acute means short term, so it's pretty obvious. So let's say you have like a major test coming up and you spent a lot of time studying and so now it's hard to fall asleep because you're super stressed about the test and you've completely ruined your sleeping habits. The third and final type is chronic and so not many people ha actually have this type even though people will be like oh I have insomnia like long term like it feels like that. But not a lot of people actually have it so it's again like long term. It's usually related to psychiatric conditions. So it looks like having trouble sleeping, waking up too early, irritable, lack of concentration, headaches, anxiety, and tiredness. And you can treat it with cognitive behavioral therapy, like literally everything else. Relaxation therapy, induced sleep, or stimuli control therapy. There's so many different ways that you can help. Like I know when I have trouble sleeping, I like to listen to white noises. Some people like listening to music. I think something like white noises really helps me because I like being in the city. I like hearing noise because if it's dead silent, I feel really awkward. So I find white noises really helps because there's nothing to focus on, but there's also something to listen to. Now, why did I just talk about insomnia? So this is something that I find because it's so overly talked about, it's hard to recognize Again, like a lot of mental illnesses, I find, I'm finding like a lot of similarities between mental illnesses and insomnia, even though they're not the same thing. And honestly, if you can recognize it and you can work on it to help fix your sleep schedule, I would say please like really focus on your sleep schedule, especially if you realize that you're getting insomnia because of what you're doing. Maybe this is acute insomnia and the way you're treating it and making it worse it's becoming chronic and that's honestly not a good thing so yeah like i say with every other episode you fix your sleep schedule and your mental and your mental health will honestly just shoot up like it'll go better because you're well rested you're healed on the inside and you're gonna feel better all right i think i just covered everything that i wanted to talk about i talked about the sleep cycle how it affects your mental health insomnia how to recognize it what to do to like help and yeah don't forget to answer the question of the episode which is what do you believe in that a lot of other people don't and don't forget to share subscribe and rate five stars only pretty please with a cherry on top bye everyone